Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. All right. And Becky, what are we thinking in this second uh, episode of season two? Well, Lisa, I think that um, employment and employability would be a good topic to feature today just because it is obviously topical at the moment. Um, So many people out of work, so many people will be needed in different kinds of jobs in the future. What does that mean, do you think, for kids with disabilities? Well, I I think my first go-to here is going to be technology, technology, technology. And I know everybody doesn't want to hear that right now. They're like, (laughs) I would like a tech-free world. But I believe um, for employability, students with all disabilities, and by all I, you know, I do mean all, moderate, mild, severe, whatever you want to call it, learning disability, behavior disorder, Tourette's, autism, that we have to do better in access to STEM content at an earlier age. Uh, I think oftentimes kids with disabilities get pulled out during the science class or the math class to get literacy skills, and yet this may not be popular, but I think in the next decade, the technology is going to read to you and the ability to be able to read fluently may not be as critical as comprehending. And then the second thing I'll say there, and then I'll, I'll flip it back to you, is that I really do think this generation has to be ahead in the technology in dealing with their deficits so that they can be employed. Those are my two first go-tos. What well, I, I think those are both good points. And I... I I would say that even just building in a small way on that, if you just think about all of the tools that are in your hand on your cell phone and knowing how to use those either to play something back so that you can hear it or so that you can dictate again, you know, instead of, instead of having to type something out or write something out yourself, definitely there's going to continue to be an increasing number of tools available. So absolutely. And even now when kids are home with their families and trying to produce work and trying to do things, it's a good time to experiment with some of those things. Um, I do think that communication, and we're going to talk about that, I know, in a a future um, episode, but communication is a key employability skill. So if we take the opposite of the tech world and look at some of those interpersonal things, um, continuing to focus on the, the art of communicating and remembering that only 7% of what we, we communicate is the spoken word. So continuing to work with kids of all abilities on this idea of body language, eye contact, um, tone of voice, we focus on those things sometimes for kids w- with um, with autism, but we don't we don't always emphasize that with kids of you know a wider range of abilities. So I think that that getting to the basics of how to position kids to be employable, not just from the tech side, but also from the interpersonal side. You know, and I'm gonna laugh here for a moment because you and I. One of our primary roles is we work with a lot of amazing doctoral students. And what is the number one thing you and I are always focused on is their ability to present and their ability to get their message across. And I I don't think that's any different whether you have ability or disability, but I think sometimes we have other people speak 
for students with disabilities or people with disabilities instead of letting them speak for themselves. And I think what we really try to do with our doctoral students is give them a voice, but I think that's really critical for students with disabilities. You know, I really don't want to be an unstructured person that lives in the back of the van and travels around the world because you know me well, Becky, that would take me over the edge. <laughs> so I'm going to go with kind of that, that employability piece of know thyself. You know, know if you should be an English teacher versus a math teacher. Know if you're really good at technology. Know that you might have physical limitations. So thinking that you're going to work at a job that requires carrying and lifting might not be reasonable, but maybe you're really, really good behind a desk. Or the flip side, I'll go back to my son, put him behind a desk, life is over. So I think I know myself that I need structure and I need routine, um, but I think that's different for every person. And I don't think we should assume people with disabilities are any different, but I think employability has to match those strengths and weaknesses, no matter who you are. Agreed. And I know that's the focus of a lot of transition planning is that idea of, of matching up um, who, who, what our interests are and who we're going to be as, as, as employees, employers, uh, et cetera, in the future. The, the, um, other part of the employability skills that, that resoundingly come across in, in business is that idea of problem solving. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that everybody needs to be aligned with some, uh, you know, something of interest, but also people are looking for those who can solve a problem. And that's also not something we've traditionally done a great job necessarily in schools of instilling in students. And again, you, you mentioned our, our doctoral students. You could, I could tell you my undergrads, my graduate students, my doctoral students, they differ widely in how well they can solve a problem and think on their feet. And that's not something that's easy to teach. So we really just have to give kids an opportunity to solve problems because it does ultimately help make them more employable uh, later. And, and, and even if it's not to first get that job, that's how you keep a job. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. You know, and I laugh because one of the best assets we had in our life is Josh had a life coach, um, just a, an amazing man who volunteered literally to help us through puberty, which is for those of the parents who are listening, it's just evil. Uh, it doesn't matter whether there's ability or disability. It's just evil for all kids to deal with. Yet what I learned from that is something that I think so aligns with employability is we got to let kids grow up. I still remember, you know, not wanting my son to get, you know, I'm going to let him drive. He can't even make decisions out of brush his teeth. How can I put him behind the wheel of a car? And he said, but how does he ever grow up if he doesn't get the chance to problem solve and make those mistakes and those decisions? And yes, we did have a minor fender bender. I was right behind him when it happened. But I think that's true for all of us in life. We've made those mistakes and that's how we learn. I think sometimes we try to sweep in and protect kids with disabilities. We gotta keep them safe, but keeping them safe versus never letting them fail and solve problems, I think is one of the most important things for employability. So I agree with you 100% tonight. This is an unusual thing <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> Well, you mentioned life coach, so I'm going to take it the other direction and just for a moment mention job coaching. Mm -hmm. So I know we have, when it comes to kids with more significant disabilities and, and um, intellectual disabilities and those kids who, who need a, a much more specific job training, I'm going to 
mention a technology strategy for that because this is something that I have used in a variety of ways myself. But when I was presenting to a group of parents, one of them was telling me how she has done this um, with her own child. And I was mentioning something similar of how we've done things like this in schools. But it's as simple as uh, having the, the child have a, a and a parent making a call and watching from somewhere in the store. This woman was giving the example of teaching her son to do an interaction at a grocery store, a young man with autism. So she stood in the front of the store and she was watching him and she was just telling him in his earpiece, um, she was telling him, okay, now get the, get the ketchup, walk up to the counter, give the woman your money, and so she was literally giving him a step-by-step -step instruction of how to conduct this interaction in the grocery store, but she wasn't standing right beside him and she wasn't, she wasn't doing anything overt. So it gave him a chance to be independent and to start learning some of those kind of skills on his own, those, those life skills. And so we've used the same kind of things in job coaching. So if somebody's working at McDonald's and it's someone who needs just a lot of specific support, yeah, now we've, now we've got job coaches who are sitting at a booth at McDonald's and they're just, they just look like a guy on his phone at McDonald's while literally saying, okay, be sure you give the guy his change. Be sure you do this. Be sure you do this. So I think that technology does offer us some ways to, to shake up even job coaching a little bit and to make, that, make our role as coaches a little bit less visible and to promote more independence. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you my last one. I mean, there's so many, but I know this is one you and I both have had a project in partnership with and in, I'm a big fan of, is this thing college movement. And I do think it's a new era. I think for parents of students with intellectual disabilities, it's a little bit of a shocking era. Um, 20 years ago, when somebody gave birth to a child that had an intellectual disability, there wasn't a lot of talk about college. And to me, that's kind of one of the core discussions happening in the country. If you haven't been involved in that discussion, we both recommend you go out and look at Think College and think, wow, what are the opportunities? But I think what excites me about Think College, and I'd love to hear what you think there, Becky, is that it's really popping up organically that there's this whole range of places where you can live in a group home and somebody will take you to class and you'll have classes that are very do a free-for-all, much like in a beautiful way, um, that students get to pick and choose what they're taking, just like any college student. They get to live in the dorm and make mistakes. And I do think we used to think that college and employability was for a certain part or a certain population, yet we know there's still groups like people who are blind, 80% are still unemployed. I think we've still got a ways to go to fill in the perception of society that everybody has the ability to work and everybody has that opportunity. But I think uh, a Google self-driving cars are going to change that, that access for people with visual impairments. And I do think there's a lot out there, but I do think that that trend and that um, pathway, I don't think will stop at this point in time. And I think it can be an economic uh, jumpstart during this time of economic downturn to make sure that population has as much employability as possible. And those university campuses and college campuses that participate in Think College are, are a good example of giving, giving students that opportunity to be as independent as possible and to be put in a position to make, to make more decisions because they're on a college campus. It's a new environment. 
But the other, the other part about that is it also gives those other college students um, opportunities to see how capable persons with disabilities are. And until we make sure that they understand that, you know, they may be the person working shoulder to shoulder with, with someone with a disability, and they may be the employer of a person with a disability. So, so definitely making sure that the rest of society understands well what everyone is capable of is a big part of the picture. Yeah, I agree with you. So again, I think this is a topic we may want to follow up on, but if you have specific questions for us, please send us a, a tweet at, pract at Access Practical, uh, and we look forward to taking your questions on this summer piece really focused on social emotional learning, soft skills, and just being a human on this planet. Thanks for joining us.